This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. As we discussed with our strategy panel, there's growing frustration at the railway blockade, given that nearly $350 million worth of freight is being blocked daily on the CN's tracks. Business leaders are warning that chemicals for water treatment plants, crude oil, perishable fuel, jet fuel, and all kinds of manufactured goods are stalled on rail sidings across the country. Now I'm joined by Dennis Darby. He's the president and CEO of the Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters. Welcome, Dennis. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Okay, so um, what are what is your reaction to all of this? It's day twelve. Well, and I guess it's it's kind of crept up on us. And in fact, at this point now, uh, as you mentioned off the top, there are hundreds of millions of dollars a day of goods stranded. And what maybe Canadians don't always understand or, or know is that you know, rail moves about a third of all our manufactured goods, all of our raw materials, components, uh, finished products. And so having, uh, having this, this stoppage is beginning to affect the economy. And what we're hearing from manufacturers in every sector, whether it's in food processing and chemicals or, or automotive, uh, they're starting to run out of inventory. And we're fearful there will be, if this doesn't get resolved soon, there'll be layoffs. Uh, because people have to cut shifts. They just can't get our our goods to market. Uh, Now, it's interesting that you and some of your fellow business people had a news conference today, and it was at the exact moment that the Prime Minister was on his feet in the House of Commons. I'm sure you've heard what he had to say. He basically said uh, that he does not intend to forcibly end the blockade. He said that there has to be a solution. So far, there have been lots of meetings and we see no path to a solution. What is your view of, of what he had to say today? Well, yeah, I think, and we let him go first, of course, because uh, he's the Prime Minister. But, at, uh, but seriously, uh, I think there's a lot of frustration in the business community, a lot of angst. Uh, I think, and it's going to start to affect uh, everyday Canadians because these are going to be those good middle class jobs that are going to be affected. Um, uh, from uh, the point of view of manufacturers and the industry in general, uh, you know, yes, these are valid concerns. Yes, these are valid uh, um, uh, differences that the, the, these groups have with the government. Uh, let's get that discussion off of our railway system. In fact, this is a private, you know, this is a private railway. Uh, that is used and and uh, have those conversations, but let the economy get back to work. Uh, we were uh, we're glad that he's uh, finally engaged because we it seemed for a few days that everybody was hoping that something would happen and and nothing did to to to, uh, to stop this. And uh, I think what the government now realizes, I hope, is that so much of our economy moves by rail that we we can't afford to uh, continue to talk about. Um, potential solutions. I think we need, we're asking the government to work with whoever it needs to work with, the Council of the Federation, uh, to find a way to to, uh, end the blockade. Of course, continue the valid conversations, but uh, this can't continue. Do you you think they should be removed forcibly if that's the only thing that will work? 
Well, one of the advantages of being a business is we're not policymakers and we don't get elected. Uh, so at the end of the day, it's up to the government. We don't think there should, it should be done violently. We know that some of the blockades out west where you know, the RCMP was able to, to help uh, get some of those groups to stand down. Uh, I think the Prime Minister is in the best position to do this, uh, work with his ministers and with the First Ministers. Um, and I, I think that uh, his willingness to, to engage, I think he needs to put a little bit more uh, of a time pressure on that because, uh, like I said, eventually, you know, in the next week or so, we're going to start to see layoffs, and then, uh, and then, you know, public sentiment will will certainly be uh, pushing him to solve this. So I think it's imperative. Uh, business stands ready to help uh, resolve um, what or the, the recovery because you know when this happens, even if tomorrow they solve this, uh, Libya, you know, it will take weeks to get the uh, the system up and running. There are. You know, we normally fill 4,500 rail cars a day of goods and materials. So all of that stuff is backed up in the system. So even if they solve it tomorrow, which is really important if they solve it as soon as they can, it, you know, it will take time for, for the economy to recover. You, uh, mentioned, so I, you mentioned a time period of a week. Is, is, is there a period of time or a deadline beyond which it, it becomes really, really even more dire than it is now? Well, what's, so what's what's already beginning to happen is companies have been you know have been you know trying to use up their inventories, run down their production. But we've talked to a number of them, and probably if this runs into that, you know, by two two weeks in, because of our because Canada's economy is so integrated in North America and globally, um, n- nobody keeps inventory uh, and, and everyone's shipping just in time. So two weeks is about the limit. So by the end of you know, but by two weeks in. Um, you're you're going to start to see real economic uh, impacts. You know, right now everybody's scrambling and trying to find alternatives, but our our, our road system is at capacity, as 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 you probably know. Uh, and many of the goods that travel by rail are too big and heavy and bulky, so they really can't be shipped any other way. So I think everyone is scrambling right now because we didn't see this coming. Uh, but you know, I think all of the tricks will be used up. And what we're hearing from uh, companies is, you know, I, I'm not looking forward to having to, to hear of companies laying workers off. So let's, uh, there, there, is, there is no time but the present to get this result. Dennis, two weeks in is two days from now. Exactly. So, so we better, we really hope to see some progress. I'm, I'm very hopeful that the Prime Minister's uh, uh, offer today uh, is followed up with, uh, with concrete action. I, I, can't, I, I can't stress that enough. Uh, I want to get to some of the goods that are starting to uh, run low for people. Uh, I uh, read a bit of a list at the beginning. Uh, what else is there? There's uh, chemicals for water treatment plant. We've heard about propane, which is widely used in Quebec. What are some communities and some goods that are in danger of, of uh, running out? Well, in talking to some of uh, some of the members of our association and other related business associations, so there's you know the, some consumer goods. So we're, uh, we'll be if we start to get in uh, short supply. Um, like I said, parts uh, and uh, and components that are used in manufacturing, particularly uh, this this particular blockade is really affecting the heartland of manufacturing, which is Ontario and Quebec. Seventy five percent of all of our manufacturing output is in Ontario and Quebec. So what we're seeing, we're going to start to see. Uh, you know, a, you know everything from components to chemicals to you know a, anything of an of an industrial nature and food products. As we produce an awful lot of food products, many of them are perishable, but a lot of the food products will start to start to, you know start to be in short supply. That's that's the real issue that will affect and, and all the things you mentioned earlier. Uh, it, it's really a, 
it, it's, it is regrettable because I think Canadians probably didn't realize how much of the, how much of the goods that they uh, buy uh, come by rail. Remember, it's not always just by rail car. Off, we're talking also about intermodal because, as, as you know, goods come in from outside of Canada at our ports, uh, and then they're on, on containers, and then they're and then they're tr- they're taken on a train partway, and then turned to, onto trucks. That that's an integrated system, and uh, at this point, it, it's hard to imagine, you know, which any sector that uses uh, or ex- either imports or exports components or goods that won't be affected. Uh, so there's it. it uh, I think it'll be very far-reaching. The degree to eat, how much each one it depends on on the company's inventory, uh, you know, and, and whether they've been able to secure other means. But of course, as we mentioned, many of the goods that go by rail are large and heavy and uh, not really suitable to other ways. Will this aff- affect any of our trading relationships? You represent exporters as well. Everything yes. is is integrated. What well, are some I of the risks there? Yeah, I think the real risk. Sorry, the, the real risk for Canada is is what what business wants is reliability and predictability, uh, and and you know and and like the struggles we've had you know on building pipelines and getting and getting our infrastructure built. This is another example where. From an international point of view, you know, we, are, we don't look as reliable as we should be. We're an integrated economy, a small economy, but integrated, uh, and this really, I think, puts a, you know, puts puts Canada in a bad light in terms of our, our competitiveness. We already struggle to attract the amount of investment you know we need to really uh, grow the economy at the rate we should be, um, and, and this is a, yet another example of where Canada seems to be. You know, uh, you know, scoring an own goal. We're, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're doing it to ourselves. So I'm uh, that, and and so it's true that there there is an effect. More practically, you know, we know that some companies have told us that they're because if they're part of a supply chain in North America and they're a supplier to a, a larger industry either in the U.S. or elsewhere, they may have to start paying penalties because they can't meet their contract requirements. So there's the there's the perception and what that means to Canada's investment, and then the, the reality of, you know, some companies have talked to us about they're, they're going to be facing penalties and fines for not being able to get their goods to their uh, their customers. Is is it fair to say that these businesses are going to be facing losses even if this thing is solved tomorrow, which is unlikely? I, I don't I don't know about lawsuits. In many cases, not it's more losses, like losses. contractual agreements between them and their suppliers and their customers. Losses. Oh, losses, yes. I said losses, not losses. Yes, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, not, we've not, we don't have anything quantitative yet, but the longer it, it, it goes um, and the more uh, goods are stopped, I think we'll begin to see a real effect on, uh, on, on companies. And, uh, and we're watching very closely. We're, we're, we're speaking with our, our members on a, on a daily, sometimes hourly basis. Uh, and, uh, and of course, they they're listening very carefully to what you know, what the government does and when the government will commit to resolving it. Okay. On that note, Dennis Darby, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.